Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. It's the first day of May, May 1st, May Day. I always think of Camelot, you know, the the lusty month of May. But here we go. We're heading into spring. Things are warming up. And things are warming up. You guys are going to love this segue. Things are warming up because today we have the author of Out of the Ashes on, which is about a, you know, murder in a fire. And so anyway, see how I tied all that in? Anyway, <laughs> I'm glad that you guys are here listening live. Or if you're listening later, we have on today author Kara Thomas. And I can't wait for you to meet her. Lots of great stories. And if you haven't read her books yet, you're in for a big treat. I'll read her bio here so you can get to know her and then We'll get chatting. So Kara Thomas is a part-time librarian and an unsolved mystery enthusiast who dreams of one day solving a cold case. She lives on Long Island with her husband, son, and rescue cat. She is the author of That Weekend, The Cheerleaders, Little Monsters, and The Darkest Corners. And her new book, which is out today, it's release day for Out of the Ashes. I did put a link to Kara's website right there on the Blog Talk site. So if you are listening live right now, you can click that and sign up for her newsletter. Even if you're listening later, you can do the same. Uh, Click on there, sign up for her newsletter, check out all her other books, and uh, you can get connected on social media also. So I don't want to delay any longer. Are you there, Kara? Yes, thank you for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. So your book just came out today, but we were chatting earlier before the show that it was actually chosen to be early reads for Amazon, right? You want to tell everybody how that's been? Yeah, so um, Out of the Ashes was one of the few titles that Amazon um, selected this month to be basically available um, on ebook only for the entire month of April, even though the book, um, the physical copy in the book is officially not out until today. So um, basically, Amazon Prime members are, I did not know this, I do have a Prime membership, but I've never like exercised this Prime (laughs) perk. Um, They're able to download um, one book every month completely for free from their, with their Prime membership out of the Amazon's first three titles. And then the other books um, are all available for $1.99 a month ahead of their publication date. And, um, yeah, it's been really cool because, I mean, the book obviously is not officially out until today, but people have been reading it um, more or less for an entire month and leaving reviews. And I've been able to kind of see the early response, like, ahead of time, whereas with my other books that came out, it's like maybe it would go out to a handful of reviewers, a couple reviews would trickle in before publication, but you don't really know what the response to the book is going to be until the book is actually out. So it was kind of a bit of an opposite experience this time, and it's been really, really neat. That's so cool. Well, for the people who haven't early read it and they can get it today, do you want to tell them a little bit about the book and why they should run grab a copy? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Okay, so Out of the Ashes is my first book for adults, which um, you mentioned, and it is about a 30-something-year-old nurse who lives in Queens named Samantha who is um, trying to outrun the trauma of her past when she was 13 years old. Her family, um, including her uncle, her parents, and her two-year-old sister, were murdered in her Catskills farmhouse, and the killer burned down the house to get rid of the evidence. Um, and all of these years later, over 20 years later, Samantha is approached by a special investigator who has been reassigned to take a look at the cold case. 
and he has produced a witness 20 years later who claims that he was there the night of the fire and he saw a man carrying Sam's baby sister out of the house alive. So Samantha, for all these years, has thought, assumed that her sister died in the fire, now has to contend with the question, um, not only who killed her parents, but what happened to her sister, and is she out there, and is she alive? Oh, okay. That's, I'm, I'm completely hooked because I watch all of those true crime documentaries. Um, <laughs> but how, how did she survive? Did she escape the fire or was she not home? How did, how did she get to be the sole survivor? Oh, yeah, a, cru- a crucial piece missing from my elevator bitch. Um, she was sleeping <laughs> over a friend's house while her family was killed. <laughs> ah, ah, gotcha. Okay. That was a well-timed slumber party. Yes. <laughs> Or was it? Or is there more to it? You have to read the bunch of Oh, <laughs> was there a reason she got invited over? <laughs> no spoilers. But... <laughs> right, right. Well, can you tell us a little bit about the inspiration for it? Because, and, and we'll talk about it a little later about all the YA books that you've written. But what what made you decide... I have this idea for a, an adult thriller. I'm going to jump in, you know, because it's kind of a different pool of, you know, readers maybe too. So what inspired you to write the book? Did you watch a true crime, yeah. true crime documentary? <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. Um, yes, you hit the nail on the head that I fell down <laughs> a rabbit hole of um, these true crime cases of people that had gone missing um, after suspicious house fires or arsons. And there were a couple real-life cases, um, and I've talked about them in interviews before, but the one that I really just got, like, fixated on and could not let go of researching this case um, happened in 1945. It was called the Sodder Family Tragedy, basically on Christmas Eve um, decades ago. A very large family. I think there were eight children in total. Um, the house burned down. Some of the children escaped, but the parents and most of the children did not make it out of the house. But it wasn't until days later when the investigators were picking through the wreckage was that they realized that they could not find the remains of five of the children who were in the house that night. So um, oh. for decades, the surviving family members like were not able to get any closure. They, were, they had to wonder, like, were their siblings kidnapped by whoever set the fire to the house? Was it suspicious? Was it just that? I mean, it was 1945. The technology was not there to find the remains, like maybe in a basement um, for a very bad house fire of five children. But that was how the character of Sam kind of came into my head, kind of these like torturous questions about like, how do you move on and grieve a family member who not only is not just missing or or dead, but they're really neither. There's this big question mark over that. Um, And then the reason that I knew, I always knew that this book would needed to be for an adult audience. I never really like I mean, I, I was writing YA at the time. I was contracted to write some more YA mysteries. And then I have this idea, and, like, the simplest thing could have been, like, well, maybe there's a way that I could make this a, a YA book to fulfill my contract. Uh, readers are waiting for another right. But I knew that this character of Samantha thought, like, this was a story that needed to be told over decades and how she dealt with her – Who I basically wanted to answer the question of who Samantha became as an adult after this tragedy had occurred decades earlier in her life. So much of YA is like coming of age and how um, experiences shape people. But I wanted to continue on that journey and just pick up with a character 20 years later and 
see where right. she wound up, like how, and answer the questions like, can you ever really move on from a tragedy like that, especially when there are no answers? So this was, this was back in like 20, 2014 that I first had this idea. And I always just had to, to focus on my YA novels because those are the ones I was being paid to write. But it wasn't right. until last year when I really just felt a little bit burned out writing YA. I had written four books in a short span of time, all with teenage characters. And I just thought, I think now is the time to just take a little break from YA and, and write that idea that has not let go of me for all these years. Oh, I love that. And when you made this, you know, this crossover, I I don't, I, I've never written a YA myself, so I'm not sure about, you know, the content and the word choices and all that was all that different for you. Was it, was it interesting to make that shift? It wasn't in terms of content. I mean, there are, there are certain things, I think today's YA especially, and then mysteries and um, the contemporary thrillers, the type of book that I was writing. Um, it's in service of being realistic. I always tried to portray how teens actually talk. And if, I mean, if you spend some time right. with teenagers, uh, it, it can be as successful <laughs> with the way they talk. So I never really like, I, I was always aware that there would, would be gatekeepers. And maybe if I used a little too much of a certain word in a YA book, it might not make it onto like certain state reading lists or be in certain libraries, but it never bothered right. me enough. To, to censor myself, and it was never really, I mean, I now that Out of the Ashes has been unofficially out for over a month, and I, I peek at reviews occasionally, there are more complaints about the language in Out of the Ashes, my book for adults, than I've ever gotten in my book. Really? Uh, from my book from teens, interestingly, yeah. Um, wow. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So that I found interesting. Um and just in terms of not not so much content, but I think really what it comes down to is is the perspective of the character was the biggest difference writing for me. And if anything, I found it a little bit easier for the first time um, to write a character that is closer in age to the age that I am. Um, I mean, I am right. a thirty something year old woman. It's been a really long time since I've been in high school. Um, that perspective right. and that world was feeling a little foreign to me at a time. So overall, I think in a lot of ways, it was a lot more challenging to write um, the YA novel I'm working on simultaneously than it was to write Out of the Ashes. Out of the Ashes was a little bit more freeing because I wasn't really concerned with things like, well, does this sound like a realistic high schooler? Does a high schooler really have time to be solving murders after school or on the weekend? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and also, you know, part of the teenage high school experience is all that angst. Everything is so, you know, magnified that, oh my gosh, my whole entire life is ruined. And if you mm -hmm. age up to a 30 year old woman, who's a nurse, you know, she's seen things. So, you know, probably tiny little things aren't going to be the end of the world. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. A little less angst, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So even when you were writing YA, they were thrillers. So I got to ask, you know, do you ha are there other genres you want to tap into someday? Do you have little ideas hidden or why, why is it always thrillers? What, what attracts you? I think I just, I, I've thought about this question so many times and why I'm just like, why I'm drawn to not only like writing mysteries and thrillers, but why like crime is just so fascinating to me and why I spend all this time on like Reddit, unresolved mysteries, trying to 
<laughs> is to work out these like old cold cases for myself. And um, I think I just always, when I, when I was a kid, I gravitated towards this dark stuff. I mean, I was an only child. I had to do a lot of entertaining myself. And sometimes that meant right. like, oh, okay, mom and dad are watching Dateline. I guess I'll watch Dateline with them on Friday night. Mm-hmm. And right. I think just developing like such a um, curiosity for crime stories. And that's why I gravitated towards them as a writer when I got older. But I do also, um, I love thrillers and mystery stories that do have more of a speculative bent. Like my one of my favorite shows of all time is Fringe. So someday I would love to go in that direction and maybe write like a supernatural or science fiction thriller. Right. Um, I just haven't really found the right idea yet to commit to, but um, I think it would be really fun because I love that genre. Yeah. Very cool. I love that too. And that kind of dovetails into, I was going to ask you um, about like, since the pandemic, we've all learned to binge everything. And um, (laughs) so I have (laughs) become a junkie of all of the documentaries on Hulu and Netflix and, you know, all of the true crime documentaries and that kind of thing. Have there been any that like, knocked your socks off and you were like, Oh my gosh, you know, are there some we've missed? I'm trying to think if there's anything like under, under the radar. Um, I, I'm not done with it yet. So I'm withholding judgment, but um, it is more recent. Um, the Murdoch murders. Um, I know a lot of people are probably familiar with that case. The uh, yes. prominent South Carolina attorney um, convicted of, of killing his own wife and son, but that is just, the first two episodes that I've seen, and there only are three episodes um, of that documentary, I think are just really good about interviewing everybody in the family's orbit and seeing just truly like the de- devastation of like that, that their privilege caused, like the things that they tried to push under the rug. Get away like, with. Alcoholism of the sun that caused the boat crash and stuff like that. I'm always drawn to documentaries that there's not really any sort of like central narrator, like get, trying to point us towards what happened. I really like ones that are just giving a voice to all the people involved. Yes. Yeah. I watched that one. That was very good. And another one that I thought was really interesting that, that um, if you haven't seen it yet, I think you'll dig it. it. It's, I think it's called wild crimes on Hulu and it's all about crimes that happen in national parks. And I have oh. no idea that so many crimes happen in national parks and there are actually rangers who have to investigate murder and they're like park rangers. Um, and there's so many unsolved cases um, because they find, you know, parts of people and nobody can, you know, track them down and they talk about how some people you know run away and they'll go to a national park and you know live off the land and so it's hard to tell was it a murder or did they meet a wild animal or but anyway it was fascinating I hope they'll do another season but anyway it was definitely highly recommend (laughs) yeah I will have to check that out I actually did a lot of research along those lines about people that go missing in like national parks or camping trips because my last YA that weekend deals with teenagers that go missing from a, uh, a, a hiking trip up in the mountains. So that is definitely one of my rabbit holes. So I'll oh, check that out. 
Yeah, check that out for sure. Yeah, it's it's. I think there was only one season so far, but it was really it was very wild, so to speak. But anyway, I think it's called mm-hmm. Wild Crimes, but it was on on Hulu, and it's all about solving murders in national parks. So anyway, and there were a couple that they haven't solved yet, so it'll be right up your alley. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so. We talked about a little that you're a part-time librarian. Um, how has that affected you being an author as well? Because you're kind of on both sides of the fence now being a librarian. What, how, does, how does that make you feel from, <laughs> you know, being an author and being on the other side of people checking out books and, and maybe buying books for the library, all that? How has that affected you? It's It's been really interesting. I mean, one of my favorite parts, obviously, is buying books for the library and going through the publisher's catalogs and trying to figure out, like, what um, my patrons are going to be interested in. Because sometimes, I mean, a book that, like, appeals to me is just not the type of book that circulates. And, I mean, you, you want to, when you're working with a limited budget, you want to buy books that people want to read. But it's also the way that the market is and the way that books are are taking off now, like you really experience people coming in and they're asking for the same three books that they have heard of on TikTok by like the same three biggest authors. So it's it can be very frustrating as an author in some ways to see that like there are just so many books, great books out there that people are just not aware of because they haven't heard of it. And like in my capacity as a librarian, like sometimes people will ask for a similar book um, if they can't get the TikTok famous book. Like most of the time they'll be like, oh, okay, I'll just put a hold on it and I'll wait for it when it comes in. But then other times you're able to actually recommend similar books by similar authors that maybe are not in as in demand. And that's really like, I think why most of us got into the job. Um, so right. it's been pretty cool to do that as, as frustrating as it is to see how narrow <laughs> The market really has that they all want James Patterson. Yes. Oh my gosh. Exactly. I must order a thousand copies of every James Patterson book, or or the people will revolt. Uh, Right. But 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 even just from a creative standpoint, I mean, I wrote full time for um for ten years right out of college. I was very lucky to be able to make it work and um in the height of things, like I just realized the effects that writing full time and basically being in isolation and not getting to talk to other people often was having not on just like my mental health, but on my work. Um, It was pretty difficult to write a conversation between two people when I hadn't like had a real conversation with a person other than like my husband or my cat in weeks, because (laughs) that was the nature, that was the nature of my job and writing full time. Um, I think, like, the view of a full-time author, a lot of people think that, like, you're constantly, like, talking to your editor or your agent, um, and it's there's stretches where you just don't talk to people for a while because you're you're working on your next novel. Um, right. So that was why I made the decision to go back to library school and eventually work in a public library because I was just craving that, like, interaction and being out in the world again because I was just feeling very, like, the creative well was dry and I had nothing to talk about. Right. Well, and when you are working in the library, do I'm not I'm asking because I'm not really sure, but do libraries also try to find local authors and like carry their books? Do you have a local author section? Is there a way for you to show your patrons, you know, who's writing, you know, who's from our same area kind of thing? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. We have a whole local author shelf, and um, a lot of those books we're just not aware of because a lot of them are self-published, so we don't get to see them through our distributors. So we really rely on the authors like coming in and introducing themselves and donating their book to the collection, but we're always happy to have it on our shelves and make people aware that it's there. Um, and also with um, traditionally published authors, when the books are on our radar, where we always try to um, – just bring them in. We are doing our first local author night in July where we're having a ton of oh, authors fun. for all ages, middle grade, YA, adult, um, nonfiction. So we're really, really excited about that just to, because I mean, I, I, I think there's just such a lack of awareness that um, right. around authors, like you, you probably live in a community with many authors. It's not like this big mysterious thing right. like where we're people and we love meeting readers. It's just about like, how, how do we get them out there? Exactly. Yeah, I, I love that. Well, for yourself, you came to library. It, it sounds like you came to working in a library after you became a published author. But what was your journey to becoming a published author? Were you were you always, you know, wanting to write or did you get involved in a critique group? How, how did you what was your path to seeing your first pu- book published? I I always loved to write fiction. I never, ever considered it as a viable um, career path, mostly because I had people like my father to keep me grounded and say stuff like, you have to study something practical in college. You have a better chance of being struck (laughs) by lightning than being a published author. So when I went to college, I was like, okay, I'm going to do something that I can study writing in English, but maybe I'm not going to plan to be an author because that's not really like something that, that you can plan for. You really, the only way to become a published author is to write a book and get it published. And that was something that kind of like clicked for me in my first year of college when I was kind of like miserable. Like I thought I was going to be a lawyer. I thought that my strong writing skills, like I could really like monetize that, like with this good solid (laughs) career. And I was just not happy. I realized that I really liked writing fiction. So I just, I sat down and I wrote my first book and Um, It was awful. It was terrible. It did not get me a literary agent or a book deal, even though I tried. But um, I mean, I put myself out there. I learned a lot from it. I learned that the next time I wrote a book, I actually need to like revise it and edit it and have other people read it before I try to get it published. Um, And uh, the book that wound up being published by a major publisher, um, I sold that book right before I graduated in 2012. And Everything wow. kind of worked out great because at the time I had switched to um, studying to become an English teacher. And in 2012, uh, there was like the worst teaching crisis in New York State in years, and there were just absolutely no jobs. Um, and it turned out that it was actually easier to become a published author in New York than <laughs> wow. a high school English teacher. Wow. <laughs> The stars aligned. You were meant to be a published author. <laughs> the universe said, no, no teaching job. <laughs> Publish that book. Probably good because real life teenagers actually do scare me a little bit. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask too about, um, because I write a lot of series and I was looking at your books on your website and it looked like most of them are standalone. Have you written a series? Do you, is that something that you want to do or? Yeah. So my, actually my very first book, um, Prep School Confidential was the first book in a three book series. I wrote that under the pen name, Kara Taylor. And that was, um, 
yeah, so that was my first foray into publishing young adult fiction. And I, I really enjoyed writing a series. I just, it's so fun getting to like, once you're done with the book, the, the characters can stick with you and you can kind of have like more plans for them. Like, okay, what are they going to get up to next? Um, right. I think that like just the, the tight schedule of a series and the expectations on readers, like I, I, the books in that series, there were three books and within a year and a half, all three books were published. So it was just such a short, crazy timeline. And I knew that going forward, I wanted to take a bit of a break from that and do standalones. And um, I have been writing standalones for the past several years, but I would never write off the idea of just not doing a series again. I think that series can be really fun. I just, I think it would have to be an idea that I really loved and would be willing to stick with over the course of several books. Right, because they do become your friends, so they have to be people that you like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what what is next for you? What are you working on next? So my next book is, I'm actually working on two things at once, but the one that will be out first is my next book for adults, which will be out next spring. Um, it is about a journalist on Long Island whose personal and professional life is thrown into chaos when she um, receives a phone call from the cell phone of a missing girl um, that has fallen into the hands of the man that murdered this girl. And he taunts this journalist. And um, the book takes place years later when she has like lost her job and lost so much because of this incident with the phone call from the killer. And she's sucked back into the case when um, another girl, something bad happens to another girl. Um, and it is called Lost to Dune Road, and it is my first book that's set in my native Long Island, so I'm excited about that. Oh, that's exciting. Are you are you from Long Island, or did you move there? I am. I was born and raised here. I left briefly for college, um, and then I wound up transferring to a local school out here. Um, relationship with Long Island, I just can't <laughs> seem to quit it. Um, but yeah, I've I've lived here my whole life. It's a very colorful place. (laughs) I love that. And it's always fun to, when I, when I write books, I like to actually go where they're set just because you get, you know, you can figure out where would people work? Where would they go? You know, what does it smell like? All this kind of stuff. But there's something really cool about putting your hometown in the, in the spotlight. Was that fun for you? Did you include, you know, things that people wouldn't be able to Google about? Yeah. I mean, it was nerve wracking. So I, uh, I set the book in like a fictional town on Long Island just so people wouldn't be like, Oh, you got the details of of that wrong. Cause then I could just be like, well, it's a made up town. It's not, it's not supposed to be completely factually accurate. But um, one of the locations on Long Island that factors prominently into the book is Dune Road in the Hamptons, which is a real place where real people live. So um, that involves a little bit more of an accurate approach. It's like, okay, is there, what do the houses actually look like there? Would there really be like a 7-Eleven nearby? Like that type of thing where um, you have to just make sure that it, it is factual because it is a real place. Yeah. And that will probably be when that comes out will probably be fun for you um, because, you know, you've been to those places, right? Yes. Um, Yeah. So I I was actually inspired to to write the book because um, 
of uh, visits like out to the Hamptons, like with family as a kid. And it's just like, it's such a different world, this like playground of the, the super wealthy. Um, and of course my brain went to, well, people this rich probably have committed murder at some point. <laughs> I love that. Our writer brains always go to really dark and twisty places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, we're rapidly running out of time, and I wonder, the book comes out today. Are you um, doing contests or giveaways, or how should readers get in touch with you? Are you, you know, going to be on Facebook? Let us know, you know, what you've got. Yes, so I do have a Facebook page um, under my author name, Kara Thomas. I'm also on Instagram as Kara Thomas Writes. I will be doing an in-person signing um, on Long Island, if anybody is local, um, on May 18th at the next chapter in Huntington, New York. Um, and, yeah, I have more information on my Instagram about how you can get a signed copy of the book, and I'm always giving away extra copies. So, um, yeah, definitely find me there. Oh, I love that. And I have to ask because on my my few trips that I've taken to New York, the Strand is like this, you know, amazing bookstore. Are your books in there too? Are you going to do any events over there? I don't know if that's far from I would, I would love to. Because... I, yeah, they've, they've always carried my YA books and I've always gone and visited and signed them while I'm in the city, but um, I've never actually done an oh. event there. I would love to. Okay, well, I'm putting it out to the universe. You'll be at the Strand. <laughs> You're manifesting for me. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. and No problem. <laughs> well, everybody, run out and grab Out of the Ashes. It sounds like a fantastic read. And thanks so much for being here today, Kara. It was great chatting with you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.